name is Tara. My name is Oscar. My name is Amanda. I'm Ilya. And my name is Michaela. And you're listening to Figuring Out Physical Space, Social Interactions, and Vassar. So we just want to say welcome back to any returning listeners and welcoming new folks here that are listening with us. Um, last year, we talked about a lot of important topics, and this year we're continuing to do so with a new cohort. So thank you guys for tuning in. Just to get into the first topic, one of the questions that we really were pondering on and kind of wanted to dissect is what is the physical space at Vassar? So in thinking about Vassar location-wise and in relation to Poughkeepsie, how would you describe our like location to someone who has never been on campus? Well, I think one of the first things that I read about Vassar in the reviews when I was deciding whether I should come was about something called the Vassar bubble, because it's like relatively, the space is like closed off from Poughkeepsie as a whole, but it is also like in the middle of the city. So um, a lot of people come here and feel just confined to Vassar, Um, as a space and there are during our orientation weeks there are trips that go to like Neopals or the walk over the bridge that walks over the Hudson I feel like there's trails there's a rail trail um, and those things are the things that connects Vassar to Poughkeepsie to me space-wise even when I think about like going to those places that really connect Vassar and Poughkeepsie, um, to me, they seem like great excursions. Like they aren't things that I think about going to in my everyday life or like frequently um, attending anything that might be happening in those locations, which I think is really a testament to the Vassar bubble of even though these places are relatively close, it feels like there is something um, separating me from actually being at those locations and feeling some sort of um, belonging in any of those spaces. It also makes me think of the community engaged learning initiatives at Vassar and how like I went to the orientation for that last week and there was a really big emphasis on like learning about the values of the communities that you would be working with um, and really focusing on community members, their values, Um, the knowledge that they have. At the same time, they really emphasize the fact that as Vassar students, we're coming in as outsiders. So even though there's this knowledge of like, we're connected to Poughkeepsie, Vassar is an integral part of the community. There's a really big sense of feeling like an outsider and feeling like that space is totally separate, even if we're so close together. Yeah, and to go off of that, I've also done like a CEL experience. I was actually a part of this program called Summer Immersions, and it was like the only in-person cohort um, before matriculation into Vassar. And we worked at like different places in Poughkeepsie, and we also had like a host family. And that allowed me to feel really comfortable like being outside of the Vassar bubble. Um, And I wish that like other people like at Vassar got that experience because like my host family, like she was a priest. Um, and also just being at her church and like seeing that community too. And also just looking at like Main Street and then also where Vassar is, you can just kind of like see some segregation there. But I also think what makes it so like difficult for Vassar students to interact with like the outside Poughkeepsie Arlington community is just like, you kind of do need a car to like 
get around like if you want to go like outside of main street you do need a car um i know vassar like made the bus free so like if you want to go by main street or anywhere close by campus that's really easy but like everywhere else is just really difficult to go without a car and they also took zip car away during covid so that's just like not an option so i wish vassar had like zip car again or like some other initiative where we could like take cars out on campus and like go out because i know they have the watering hole they have lake taconic or something like that they have a lot of pretty places and i think that's what people think of when they think of mid hudson like a lot of pretty views but it's just not accessible yeah adding off to that when i was talking about like the bridge and the rail trail i have a bike so i can do that but I was thinking of like the accessibility of these lines that connect Vassar as a space to Poughkeepsie as a space like there's a lot of people that come from privilege um coming into Vassar and people have really had to ride transportation to get around and I feel like once they get to Vassar and like the bus is one of the main ways or one of like the few ways to get around campus or get around the city if you don't have a car um, people look down upon it because, like, there's also other, like, stereotypes about Poughkeepsie and stuff like that. And for me, it's really, it reminds me of home. Like, Poughkeepsie is pretty much similar to me, how I grew up. And, you know, the bus, I would use the bus a lot. And so now that it's free, it's like a whole another privilege for me. Like, I take advantage of it. And over the summer, um, I stayed here for eight weeks. So for the majority of the summer. And so my friends and I, I told them how to use the bus. I made them download the app to like track it. And we would go on excursions. We'd go to like this Mexican place called the Chapulín Colorado. And it's just like this Mexican dessert place. We'd go to the, the bridge and everything. And it was just like a really easy way to get around. And there's other routes you can take. You can get to like Beacon. You can go all the way up to Bard College. This is pretty far. You can go all the way east but I've never taken those routes. But yeah, I think that's one of the few ways that faster makes Poughkeepsie a little more accessible. It's just that people are, are a little bit hesitant or they don't really know how to do these things. So I guess that's where like Vassar should amplify that part of um, accessibility or transportation around the city. Connection to that, if we're talking about location-wise, like Vassar as a whole, that's like one thing, but then also like how the space is constructed or maintained is a whole other, cause like you mentioned discomfort and like, I think like Vassar is a private institution. It has a lot of funding. It's well taken care of. And like people with privilege might just feel uncomfortable stepping out into a place that doesn't have a lot of funding or isn't well-maintained, which is another dynamic. Yeah, kind of going off of that and going off of like, even just like the ways that like we perceive Poughkeepsie at Vassar and the ways that Vassar um, perceives Poughkeepsie. I did a CL last year. And I remember one of the first things that my CL supervisor told me was like, she was like, don't lead. She was a Vassar grad, but she told me don't lead with like the fact that you're from Vassar because like that kind of has like this, like, connotation of like this like really privileged stuck up like really sheltered person because that's kind of how 
like the assay students are perceived in Poughkeepsie because you know we just don't really interact with the city and and we're also like just like demographics wise just so much more privileged than the rest of the city. I had a friend that went to last Thursday a friend that went to um, La Cabanita's stand-up comedy night um, and they were just really surprised by it because it's not that far away from campus and a lot of the jokes like were just very like homophobic and sexist and just like just very different from like what we like I don't know than like the stand-up shows at Vassar like down the street and just interesting to think um about that because they like they, they were really shocked to like go and see that and it is so interesting to think of how like removed we are from like the community and and what a like little bubble this school is I think also I because we have like TC Tuesdays and Wednesday Mondays I always talk to workers that I work at like this at I think that's one way that I've gotten connected or me and my other friends have gotten connected with Poughkeepsie because there is a really big Mexican population here. And so whenever they're here, I always talk to them in Spanish, you know, I talk to them about their day. And every time I go to the restaurants, they always invite me in to like eat more, you know, whatever, all these types of things. I think that's one thing that Vassar does well is like bringing in local businesses into Vassar where like people are, are you know, going through throughout classes um but yeah i think that if it weren't for like twisted or like amanita being a retreat I, I think it would have been a lot more difficult for me to connect with like other mexican folks in poughkeepsie yeah okay so i'm seeing like this idea of just like ceos and also bring in like local community i mean like local businesses so is there like a consensus in the group that like Vassar understands like that this is a problem? I think they understand that it's a problem to some extent. Um, and I'm glad that the way that they are addressing this issue is by bringing in people or by like trying to teach students as opposed to trying to impose Vassar norms on the other areas of Poughkeepsie, if that makes sense. Like to go back to CEL in the orientation, a lot of our discussion was around like, you are Vassar students, you um, have like communities that you belong to when you're doing work with this organization or when you're working with a supervisor and members of the population, you need to understand that members of the population know their community best. Um, and so the way that you can learn is through listening to them and taking their guidance as opposed to doing what you think needs to be done. So I think that like there's still, there's definitely still more work to be done and more communication that needs to happen on the part of Vassar administration and all of the ideas we have about space and the way Vassar enforces or um, tries to break down those norms. That being said, I think there is at least some work being done on their part to help students understand um, that even though Vassar has been here for so long, we're still not 
I feel like there's a very fine line between supporting a community and gentrifying it. And I feel like Vassar flip-flops <laughs> all over that line. And it is kind of like, we do take up a lot of space and like, how do we take up that space? Is it helpful? Should we stop? Like, there are just like so many questions that I have and like, I don't really think it's for us to decide or like, I don't really know. Yeah, I feel like, I, I feel like 50-50 on the topic. I don't know. I feel like Vassar does recognize that it's a problem, but the way that they try to execute it, like is giving half-assed. It's just, the effort is very much bare minimum. And I think that they could do a lot more. Yeah, and to connect what both of you were saying, it's like, even as we're talking about this, we're Vassar students. If I'm remembering correctly, I don't think any of us are originally from Poughkeepsie. So we don't even have that sort of understanding of community or of location to say like, here is how Vassar could try to address this problem. We're still coming in as people who aren't as connected to the space, the culture, the location of Poughkeepsie. Um, and there is a lot of work that needs to be done on the part of the students, on the part of Vassar administration, and changing all of the culture and notions we have of location and space and what it means to occupy space. Okay, so on the topic of like occupying sp like space, um, how does the physical architecture of Vassar influence our comfort level in different spaces? So. I guess like to start off this like discussion, um, what places on campus do you guys think promotes social interaction? Like where do you feel the most comfortable socializing? Well, I think like there's a whole thing with architecture and the way it's made and what it's made for and specifically about campuses. There are places on campuses that were designed to promote social interaction and places that were designed for studying and stuff like that, or like a mix. Um, when I think of what promotes social interaction, I think of sound and like comfortability and spaces of like big movement feel less like promotions of social interactions. I think in some ways Vassar like the campus does a good job of promoting social interactions in that way. Like, I mean, we all like, I'm sure really appreciate like the greenery on campus and how like beautiful the campus is in general. And there are lots of like little benches and things on campus where like now three years into like living here, like I feel like I have so many memories attached to like specific benches um, and like specific like spots under trees and stuff of just like places where I've like hung out. Yeah, I agree. I also really like retreat. I feel like that's like a very like nice way in between classes to like quickly catch up with people. Like sometimes I'll, I'll just be walking there to like get food and I'll see someone and like have a quick discussion with them. So that's always nice. Also with like the benches and retreat, with both of those like physical spaces, that makes me think of a really like close one-on-one -on -one or small group discussions. Like you can't fit a whole ton of people on a bench, 
Um, but like the people that are there are going to be very close. You can't fit a whole lot of people at a table at retreat, but the people that are talking there, it's like a very um, contained conversation. Um, yet at the same time, whenever I'm in the retreat, I see so many other tables being filled and I'm like, ooh, I see someone over there. Part of me wants to say hi, um, but the act of having those tables be separate from one another um, makes me wonder like how much freedom do I have to move between groups in this space? So are there places on campus that you feel like impedes social interaction or are sectioned off in a way that does not allow social interaction or does not encourage social interactions? Where do you feel most uncomfortable socializing in these spaces? Um, well, I, I think certain classrooms, just like the setup, especially when like all the chairs are just facing like one direction it makes it it makes it kind I mean it's it's a lecture so you're not really going to talk a lot to like the other classmates but I've also seen like um classes at Vassar where like it's like in a u-shape like like um like a long like table in a u-shape and I feel like that really promotes like social interaction because you can just like quickly like turn to your neighbor ask them a, like a quick question um but yeah that's where I feel like the most uncomfortable I think there is a big d-shaped elephant in this room um I feel like especially like post-covid I've like had a lot of conversations with people where they're just like yeah like I just feel really uncomfortable in the d's like the lights are really bright or like I feel very like perceived in the d's which is I mean, it's an interesting thing for us to deal with because that is like the place where we all like get food. So I don't know if anyone has any thoughts about that. I feel like I've talked a lot. So if somebody wants to go first, please do so. I can go. Um, I hate the dish like a lot. I mean, like Tara said, I have extreme light sensitivity, especially the artificial light. So going to the D's is like the worst thing ever. And so I usually wear sunglasses because it's so bright. And just like, I don't know. I don't care that I look funny, but it's just like, I don't know. I just don't like having bright lights all over me. And then like, it can get really cold sometimes. And I'm like, I don't know. And this is really loud too. That's why I always go to like the second or third floor. Um, but even then there's just a lot of people Especially during like peak COVID, it was like the last resort for me. Um, and also like during the whole like gastroenteritis outbreak last semester, like it was that COVID, it was raining all the time. So it was like a mixture of everything, they, every bad thing you could imagine. And so I avoided the DC at all costs because like, no, my friends were sick, everyone was sick. I did not want to catch it. And so having only one central place, like main central place to eat is like, can have its, um, what's it called, its burdens, I guess. But yeah, I mainly only go there for like late dinner. I try my best to eat at like the retreat, even though it's not the best, but. Yeah, definitely. I hear you. It's definitely just very jolting to be in there. And I feel like 
I interact with so many people and it just feels like very on edge and like anxious and kind of like eyes darting all around the D's, like who's around me? Because we just have a small student body. So you know where people like to sit, you know what time people come and it's like, why do I know your schedule? Um, and it's in constant movement. When we're thinking about like architecture, it's just, it's hard when you're sitting in a table in the middle of movement, which is why I find comfort in the booths, which are very sought after. It's really hard to find a booth because I think that's what feels safe in the Dees as it kind of contains the sound and you don't have to be looking around as much. People don't really see you as much. Uh, it definitely feels like a power move to be in a booth to me. Also, just like those, I mean, kind of going off of that, those giant tables in the D's that are like these like weird geometric, like long tables are, um, I don't know, they're just really weird spaces. I don't know how, like why they like make sense for a college dining hall. Um, the only thing that they really make sense for to me are like athletic teams that really makes sense if you're like an athletic team to sit around a table like that. But it's an inter like, it's a weird thing for us to have at a college with very few athletic teams. I really wanted to talk about those tables because I feel like this sounds a little dramatic, but I stand by it. One of my worst fears is walking into the Dees and then seeing only those tables left, no other options, and then being forced to sit specifically like by the door in one of those big tables close to the entrance to the Dees because like it makes me feel acutely aware of like who's coming in, who's seeing me, who's witnessing me in that moment. Um, and it feels kind of like a stage, which is not something I really want to be experiencing in that moment. Um, also the way those tables are shaped they're very angular and they have different sections. So even though it feels like a space that should be inviting to large groups of people, it still feels sectioned off, which really doesn't encourage that same kind of social interaction that I think it's supposed to encourage. When I think of like healthy social interactions within the Deist, like Ilya, I think of the booths. I've had deep conversations in there that is the place where I feel safest in like this roaring crowd of students walking these white fluorescent hallways to get to the different areas of food. Um, and just the, the booths feel oddly comforting because of the lack of comfort in other spaces in the Dees. The Dees is our only cafeteria. It's where most people go unless there's like food truck or maybe Retreat Express, but it is like the sole place where we fuel ourselves. Like we're supposed to eat and that's where everyone goes most of the time. So we see friends, we see hookups, we see exes, we see partners. What about acquaintances? How do we interact with acquaintances? Not just in the Dees, but in general on campus. This could be like mutual friends or people you see in your classes. Like, how are we supposed to go about those interactions? Yeah, Bassett was a very weird school because sometimes you'll meet someone and it'll be like the best like 
five minute conversation and then you'll see them again and it's like no eye contact so I'm just like you know like how do we go from you know you told me your entire life story I know your entire life story but now we're not even saying hi not even, not even a simple hi I don't know it's interesting I mean I'll still like wave to people if they don't wave back I'll just take my L but that's just something I've noticed on this campus I remember I think like maybe near the end of my first week at Vassar I remember like putting it together like cognitively that literally everyone that you meet like in the most random situations like then you like have dinner two feet away from them like it is like kind of a wild thing of like just like figuring out how to like juggle that and how to like wave and like have them not see you and like be able to like walk off that like awkwardness I don't know it's just it it's like a weird you'd think that it would make us like closer and like more of a community but it's just like this weird I don't know it's this weird thing I feel like I also like Michaela said try and wave or smile to people which during COVID was a whole different dynamic with masking and stuff, but just coming out of that, still having that in mind, I feel like there's a lot of this eye contact before wave or eye contact before smile to make sure like everything's okay, I can do this, this is okay, do they want me to, can I, do I want to, Is this? are they gonna smile back, are they gonna wave back? And it's just so much overthinking in these small interactions, but also like, in a valid way of like, if I smile and this person doesn't smile back, did I do something wrong? Or is it just, you know, it's not worth it to smile maybe. I don't know, it's it's very confusing for me to navigate really. Um, yeah, to like really, amp like I just wanna really amplify what everyone's been saying of Vassar is nice in the sense of like you get this culture of like greeting people you know and really like this open kind of welcoming nature of people at the same time it makes it feel really stark when you don't get that response back like whenever I see someone and I like make eye contact with them and then one of us doesn't wave it's like oh boy like what's what's going on um, and there are also the people that I like kind of know, um, but don't actually know. Um, as everyone has been saying, like Vassar is pretty small, you know, most of the student population. Um, and that extends to social media, as in there are so many people I've seen on Instagram or any other platform. And I'll be like, oh, I recognize their face. I know their name. I know at least a little bit about their life. I have never spoken to them in person. Um, so sitting in the Dece and then seeing people from across this really long table or from within a booth and being like, oh, that's a person I saw post on Instagram a few days ago, but they definitely don't know who I am. Um, and that really colors the kind of interactions we have of like, there is a backstory that we have a little bit of access to before we interact with any acquaintances and it changes what acquaintance really means um, because you have some sense of familiarity no matter who you've been interacting with. That and you like 
watch them like eat Cheerios every day, like every morning. Like it is kind of weird to like live right next to someone and then and then meet them. I don't know. There's also moments where you're like, I I you were making out with someone next to me last night and I'm watching you get eggs right now. And it's just like, why do I know about your life? And I've never talked to you ever. It's just the really small, the smallness of the student body that gets to everyone, I think. So now we've talked about like, kind of how we feel about like interacting with everyone on this tiny campus. Um, but how, like looking back to COVID Vassar, how do you think that was like similar or different? I know now we like wear less masks, we're like more um, out there. So yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Well, I think a big, the big thing that comes to mind for me is that we, our only place to socialize like officially was outside. So I did like how everyone was, I really do just like being outside. So it was nice to only be able to socialize outside and like go on walks and be in nature. Uh, that's how physical space in the pandemic comes to mind. I think even now, this isn't really relating to physical space, but there are people that continue to mask and like there is a whole other dynamic with like who doesn't mask and who does mask and like that also playing a role in social interactions. Yeah, I agree with what you said, Ilya. I think it forced me to like be outside more. Like I had never been to the farm before until COVID because where else was I going to go? But I will say, I feel like during the pandemic, tensions were like so high on campus. People were so tense. And I felt like people were just starting, trying to start fights for no reason. Like I remember one time I was sitting in front of Strong, not on the quad, but like on the side, like where the road is with my friends, all POC. And this white student from her room tells us to shut the F up. Mind you, it's COVID. We can't socialize anywhere else. So it's like, girl, I know you want to study, but there's a way to ask about things without, you know, coming off entitled. And she ended up like coming outside of her room, like storming down, like getting in our faces and stuff. And then I had to very nicely cuss her out because I don't know who you're thinking. I don't know who you think you're talking to. And she started crying. And she also brought up the fact that her parents pay so much money for her to go here. Mind you, we're all on financial aid. So I'm like, why do you think it's okay to talk to anybody like this? I feel like during COVID, people at Vassar were just doing a lot and they were just doing three much and it just needed to be piped down. Wow, Michaela, thank you for sharing that story. That is really intense and honestly connects to how like the concept of potting and like how racialized the pods felt to me in the end because it really was like who is around you who lives around you but then also like who do you feel comfortable with and like them being forced to stay in these groups but also like needing to leave in a really big way um or wanting to stay but then also like having 
completely different worlds that you're living in if you're just living in this one pod. And I also think it was just very unrealistic um, because like not everyone has friends in their dorms. Like I live in Strong. So I'm like, I definitely don't, I have friends outside of Strong. Most of my friends are outside of Strong. So for them to like only have pods like in your dorm and you can't like congregate with other people, like I don't know why they thought that was ever a good idea. Like that's just, it's just not real life. I also just remember, um like during that time of COVID Vassar, like all of those like very passive aggressive posts on like Vassar, the virtual version, which was definitely like such a COVID thing to have like a Facebook group that like was such a big important part of like our community. Um, And it just felt like a very like, for lack of a better term, like policing like vibe of people that just wanted to call people out. I remember like pictures of people like in groups, um, like on that Facebook group, um, which is just, a, it's an interesting, it was, it was a weird dynamic because it meant that like, you kind of always felt like you were being watched by like these like COVID guardians or whatever. And I think at one point, like they had like a little council or something with like staff and students and that was a thing. Um, Yeah, I don't really remember that too much, but I know that was like actual thing. I also remembered that just now and it like, just the memories of being like, will I be called out if I am less than six feet away from my friends or will I be called out if I give my friends a hug. There was literally a time on Joss Beach where we were, I was like with a couple of friends and we were all like very emotional and like, can we hug each other? And we hugged each other and someone called CRC on us. And it was like a huge moment of like, wow, I really want to hug my friend, but like, is this being, am I putting my community in danger for doing that? Am I being like super selfish right now? But then also like needing human affection, rough times. I mean, that also gets into consent of like, if you're in a group with people that have all practiced really safe precautions and have like informed each other of the safety precautions they've been taking and then everyone is consenting like, yeah, we feel comfortable getting close to one another. Um, I definitely, like, Everyone who knows me knows that I'm a big proponent of like like precaution and safety concerning COVID. I still mask whenever I'm in any indoor environment, whether on Vassar's campus or not. Um, At the same time, when I go into my friends' rooms, we'll have a conversation of, do you feel comfortable with me unmasking here? If we have a group of like several people over, there's a conversation that happens. and we've never experienced someone watching through the doorway, preparing to call the CRC on us. Like there is, even if we have like these still very much embedded cultural norms at Vassar of COVID safety and precaution, as a sophomore, I don't feel that watchfulness at all. I don't feel like there is any sort of monitoring at least not by other students. 
Um, when I think about consent, it also makes me think of like, you as students weren't giving consent to other students to be monitoring you, if that makes sense. Like, I definitely understand the desire for safety and making sure that everyone in the community is really upholding these beliefs and these norms, yet you weren't being informed that someone is going to be watching over your shoulder to see all of these interactions, even if you've gained proper and informed consent from the people that you're in that space with. Yeah, that was an issue that came up because bachelor students were also taking pictures of people that didn't attend school here and that were just walking on campus. So that was another issue that like, I know like, okay, so Vassar has this um, engaged pluralism initiative where they like make strides towards like community on campus and out with like the outside of Vassar. And that was something that like my EPI um, focus group or whatever talked about, like just consenting to like, you know, having a picture taken of you, like that's just not okay to take a picture of a stranger. But also on the like idea of like physical space during the pandemic, I know after um, fall semesters, um, Vassar had like a major infestation problem. Like Strong had so many rats and mice, like it was really bad. So I, I personally had that problem. I personally had that issue and it was not fun. I was living with mice for a whole month before I got moved into a new room. And it's like, you guys know we're in a pandemic. You guys know our rooms are our like safe space and the only like space that we really have at this moment. And the ambassador did not do a lot. Like I had to contact PB to get out of that room. So that was another thing. The pandemic, the ambassador just was not, it was not given. Even just like coming back, and like all the grass was dead. When COVID like really started and we all went into lockdown, I don't know what happened, but we all, some people had to come back. Some people couldn't come back to pack up their things, but I did come back to pack up my things. And I just came back and saw like the space empty, grass dead, plants dead. And it was just very ominous almost. And then, following I do remember some people talking about mice that was like a whole theme I mean what ways do you think that like housing on campus like plays a role in social interactions here at Bassey I feel like definitely the quad dorms they have a stronger sense of community because I feel like they interact with everyone you know everyone walks through the quad to get through you know classes or anything to get to the D's but like kissing and noise, they're kind of on the side and they're just there. I feel like they're just existing. Don't get me started on the SoCos. They're so far. <laughs> and I didn't know they existed until like second semester, first year, to like last semester. And I think for me also Joss, it's like right there. Like it's right on Raymond. So you can get into Arlington. But I feel like even then, it was hard for me to go to the D's during the winter. It was so far, and I don't want to walk anywhere. But now I live in Ferry, which is one of, like, the co-op housing. And, like, I'm kind of central to campus. And so I'm, like, right behind Maine. So I'll see my friends that live in Maine. But no one really else because they have to walk all the way to Ferry. But even then, Ferry is, like, a, is meant, it was meant to be a fistful. So you can see everything inside. 
And from my room, you can see like main building and the retreat. They can also see me. So it's like a weird dynamic. Like, I don't know. But I mean, there's a lot of common spaces in our dorms, which benefit a lot of us. I think just having like a TV, a place to play games and all other things really helps create community. I think that plays into a really big topic of being seen in your own private space. And that I think, I feel like I've heard like, just through your window, people can see you when you're walking on the quad, but also like in noise circle, people can see you at your window. I also lived in Ferry and people could see me on my window, whether I was changing or studying, like the windows are big. And even if you aren't visible, you might be heard, which is like a whole other type of the way you can be seen or heard at Vassar and the way the space just kind of meshes everyone's lives into one crazy mess in a way. Um, I'm living off campus now, which is honestly really nice to have that physical distance away from the campus. And it does feel like I have my life here in this house off campus, away from the campus, away from everyone and away from my life over there. And I get to choose when I do need to go back or when I do want to, which is a really it feels very like I have autonomy of my life. Like I do get to choose when I'm seen or when I'm heard. Um, and it's also nice to be, I don't know, like my neighbors put up Halloween decorations today. Um, we have interactions with like real people, not just college students or professors, which everyone at Vassar is awesome in their own ways, you know, but also having like, a diverse, ample variety of interactions is really good. I think we've talked a lot about like being seen and heard physically. And now I kind of want to shift it and ask you guys how you feel seen and heard like intellectually or spiritually or all the other ways that we feel seen and heard. Yeah, um, well, to go off of that question, I think that's a great question, Tara. So thank you for asking. I think being a Black woman at this school and also interested in STEM and also low income, it kind of makes a lot of opportunities for me to be like at the forefront of stuff. And I mean, I know for like a lot of um, POC students, like always like having to be at the forefront of stuff, it can be like kind of overwhelming because you feel like you always have to say yes to things but if I don't want to do it I'm not doing it so I just say like I do feel very seen and heard at this school and I personally look at it in a positive view just because I've been at PWIs my entire life and I've never really like been seen and heard in a positive way but I feel like at Vassar people actually care about my opinions like right now I'm working with um, grand challenges to make a STEM intensive for first year students who are just coming into Vassar to kind of help them get more like um, lab practice. 
Because I know for me as a first year student, like I took chem and bio in one semester and I did terrible because the school that I went to prior to Vassar just did not set me up in the right way. And I felt like I was like asking for help a lot and I was not getting the attention that I needed. So like being put in this like position to kind of like help new students not go through what I went through like my first semester, like I feel really grateful to be in that position. And I don't think like at any other institution, I would get like that same response, you know? So I feel seen and heard on this campus in a positive way when it comes to academics. Socially, like, I don't really care. Like I'm ready to go, honestly. I mean, for me, I come from a town, well, Southern California, it's mainly Mexican, like Central American, besides like all the like the white people, white rich people. But in my city specifically, we're all really, we're all low income, majority are immigrant, majority speak Spanish as a first language. And so coming here, it was like a big culture shock because this is the most amount of rich people I've been around, the most amount of white people I've been around. Um, and so coming here, like, and knowing that like a lot of people are paying 80K full pocket while I'm getting paid to go here. So it's like that big difference was really astonishing to me. And also being the first person in my family to go across the country for college and just like just be a lot of first. I think that's where a lot of pressure comes from. Like I have to constantly be like, I don't know, on edge, I feel in comparison to like the white rich students that have a lot of flexibility to um, do what they want in terms of academics. Um, I think one of the ways that I felt seen is definitely through the transitions program. I'm really involved with it. I was a student leader during foundations, which is a pre-orientation program for FTLI students. And during that, like, you know, I was able to help these incoming first years and, you know, sort of guide them through like the first week. And, you know, it was a bit difficult, honestly, to sort of be honest with them. Like, you know, these things have happened, but I think the part that really affirmed them was like telling them that we are a family as transitions and that we will support you, we'll be there. And that's what I've been telling all of them. Like, if anyone ever messes with you, if anyone ever tells you anything, let me know. Like, don't be scared. Um, you know, we're always a phone call away or even just like walking over or anything like that. I think just providing a space of safety and like, you know, community is what makes people a lot more comfortable at Vassar and, you know, provides them opportunities to thrive and see Vassar as more than just like a PWI where you get micro guests and stuff. But, and also just like a, making it into a space that where it feels safe and welcome. Yeah, I really want to speak on that because of SAVP. Like I can't hype up the SAVP office enough. Um, and even when I talk to like people who don't work at SAVP, like everyone on this podcast, um, the reviews I hear are so positive it's overwhelmingly like, yeah, the people that I interacted with there made me feel like I belonged, like I was safe when asking for support. Um, and when I reflect back on my educational experiences or any other institution or experience that has been important to me, there has never ever been this level of support, acceptance and amplification that I've experienced at SADP. Like our bosses are so responsive and are always checking in with us to make sure that like 
we know that they're there if we need them, if we need any support, or if we need them to step back, students to create that space. That's something that is so rare in my experience. Um, I'm like, I know that this is a podcast for SAVP, so it could sound like me just hyping up SAVP, but it is very genuine. And like, I think that everyone who has contributed to the culture of SAVP has done a lot of work to make sure that everybody knows they have um, support in every other person in the office. So finishing up and wrapping up, we talked a lot about physical space, social interactions, being seen, being heard, visibility. Um, so one of our last questions is, what is gossip culture at Vassar? How does information spread? What drives the spread of information? Um, in what ways is it used as surveillance? In what ways is it not? We've talked a lot about how like Vassar is pretty small. Um, and I came from a pretty small high school in New York City. Um, so I was like, Vassar isn't gonna be small to me. It's giant. And then I get here and I'm like, oh, I recognize pretty much every face I see everywhere. Um, and that really influences my awareness of gossip. Because if I hear gossip about one person, chances are I'm gonna see them in the DC the next day or like sometime in the next couple hours, I'm going to interact with someone that I've heard their name whispered or they'll have heard my name said in some sort of circumstance. And then they'll see me just walking around minding my business. Um, and so like, even though I came in with this perception of like Vassar is bigger than any school I've gone to before. So the gossip culture is gonna be totally different. It still has a way of making me feel very watched um, and very aware of who I'm watching, who's watching me. Um, so it's not just like me occupying the role of being gossiped about or being the gossiper. It's like an awareness that everyone is occupying both sides of that conversation. Yeah, no, I think that like the small school definitely um, creates an interesting dynamic with gossip. Like this summer, a lot of people were recommending this other podcast called Normal People Gossip to me. And I think the difference like for Vassar is like, as we've talked about it before, like on this episode, like um, when people are telling you like very personal details about like their neighbor or like the person in their class, um, these are like people that we are like around all the time. And so knowing things about them, I think becomes a little more invasive than if we didn't live and eat and like, you know, just exist around them. Connecting this to what we talked about, about being seen and heard. It's even if you are in your room alone, curtains closed, earbuds in, and like, you know, you can't be heard. There's always this like fear of like, well, what if someone knows something about me and they're talking about me right now? Cause the school is so small, things go around oh, what, like, if I got with this person and the, this other person got with this person, like, you just know so much about everyone. It's kind of like overload of information and an overstimulation. And people talk, like, 
it, it in the end like a lot of our lives connect through people and people need to process things in different ways and talking is one of them so all of us will be talked about all of us have probably been talked about and that's like kind of a weird thing to navigate when so many of us do connect and overlap in different ways yeah I guess to add on yeah it is a lot of he say like she say and I think what people at Bastyr like tend to forget is like there's multiple perspectives so although you're getting this one person's perspective you also don't know like the intricacies of like what actually happened like they're telling you what happened from their own perspective so you can't really like judge like a person off of that um which is why like usually when I hear gossip like I, I just listen because I'm like I don't know what actually happened I think that's such a good point Michaela because that is such a dynamic with gossip culture at Vassar and I do think that people are sort of aware of that so some narratives will be twisted in certain ways and like the way stories are shared or wanted to be heard um can be twisted or it's hard to know what what's real and what's not yeah I do think that's such a like good and important framework for like thinking about gossip at the school I think like it's so easy and we often do like boil people down to like four facts or experiences about them um that like aren't even like firsthand um and I think it's important to like acknowledge like the implications of doing that when you're around these people so much and like I mean going off of like the talk of like implications I feel like sometimes like the gossip at our school comes off as slander because sometimes I feel like there's just certain things that you don't say to be repeated and I feel like Vassar like Vassar students they don't really have a good like judgment of like certain things to not like spread information on and how that can really like affect someone's reputation and how other people would look at them. Yes, thank you for saying that. I feel like that definitely also cuts into a big theme of privacy that has been going on in this podcast because like you do say things and you might not want them to be repeated, but what if they are? That is sort of like a be breach of privacy too. Or even just names. I feel like we know all the names, especially going back to like social media. Like, I feel like we were so familiar with names. So just like those like naming in stories, I think is like such a bad habit to repeat. I don't know. I think that we definitely have a problem with that. Um, I know like in SAVP, one of our like group agreements, usually when we do facilitations is stories stay, lessons leave. And I just really like that as like for thinking about um, when we're like talking about things and processing them and trying to like learn from each other. Thank you so much for listening to Figuring Out Physical Space, Social Interactions and Vassar. We went over topics uh, starting from the Vassar oh. bubble and concluding with how we can learn from each other and grow with each other.